just over a year ago, the Supreme Court quashed the convictions of Peter Ellis. That was the first time it's ever been done posthumously in New Zealand. Well, the in-depth podcast Conviction launches today. It's one of the biggest podcasts to ever come out of New Zealand. It's taken five years to put together and includes some of the last interviews that Peter would ever do. And further interviews with people who have never spoken publicly before. It's an in-depth look at a complex and divisive case, and it tries to give a fair voice to all involved, including all those who have suffered over the years. Stephen Ferguson was the prison chaplain and then close friend to Peter Ellis and was key in getting Peter to speak on the podcast. Stephen joins us now. Hello. Oh, hi, Jesse. How are you this afternoon? Good, and thank you so much for your time today. You've listened to the first three episodes of the podcast that are out, and what did you make of that experience? Um, look, I've just finished one, actually, um, and, and though I can see that, um, that they're taking a balanced approach to it, and um, what I've heard so far, um, I think, um, draws a picture of Peter, it was drawing a picture of Peter before I knew him, of course, because I only got to know Peter um, when he arrived as a sentenced inmate, and he was in a maxi in what was known then as Paparua Prison, Christchurch Prison. Maxi was a pretty daunting place, Jesse. Um, yeah. He was put in there with um, um, what was known then as Category A prisoners, prisoners on remand from murder. And all prisoners who were uh, had been charged with internal charges in the prison, um, and were sentenced down to Maxi. And Peter spent, I think, I wouldn't like to be quoted, but I, if my memory serves me right, Jesse, he spent over twelve months in Maxi. And um, I used to visit Maxi, obviously, in my, in my rounds there, and. It took a long time for us um, to build a rapport of trust. He um, was obviously, um, when he arrived in, he, he was shattered um, and very, very private. Um, he didn't know who to trust or who, whom he could trust. Yeah. And it was just over a, a period of time that um, we established a, a relationship of trust. The record course, shows. Um, sorry to interrupt. The record shows for people who don't know the case so well that Peter Ellis was wrongfully collected, uh, convicted of child sexual abuse. Um, it was a big, high-profile case at the time surrounding children in his care at Christchurch Civic Crash, and he was sentenced to ten years, served seven years, but then never really stopped trying to clear his name. Right, Stephen? That's right. Yes, um, and and had a, a, a loyal. Um, team outside and um, worked away um, but it, w- it was hard on Peter being inside and, and seeing his case go up um, to try and get it reviewed and and all, all that type of thing and it you know, took a massive toll um, the, su- the support that Peter's mother gave um, was uh, um, unbelievable um, so yeah mm. There were some there were some dark days. Peter Peter handled he, he was a strong person and he handled um prison and his sentence very well, but there was dark days too. Yeah. 
What was it like getting Peter to agree to speak on this podcast and why did you feel it was important? Well, um, my relationship with Peter um, falls into sort of three categories. We obviously developed a, a very close um, relationship as, in a professional sense in, in the prison. And, and as things unfolded um, and I, could, I had started personally having concerns and you have to keep them to yourself um, because you treat everybody the same. But um, so there was a prison time, and I helped Peter negotiate some difficult days there, as I said, and 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 placement into to Rolleston Prison and then into the South Keys. And um, on on Peter's release, we decided to. The prison management released him at five o'clock in the morning, and I went in and picked him up at five o'clock in the morning to to um, beat the media scrum outside the prison. Yeah. So I I got to know, you know. So that's that. And then afterwards, Peter put um, Christmas parties on, barbecues on for people who supported him. So we were just there, and Peter picked up the reins of his life, and um, and and then carried on. But um, so there was an intermediate period where Peter had a job and was working and, and, and all that type of thing. But then um, when he got unwell, um, it was then that Pam and I um, were there to support him and pick him up from hospital and, and just all, all those type of things. So that's that's um, where that sat. Now, I got a ring from Lindley Hood um, and for those who perhaps don't know, um, she wrote the book City Possessed, an outstanding work and a monumental work in mm. helping Peter's case go forward. Um, and said, look, I've, I've got someone I think I'd love to get to talk to um, Peter. But also she said, um, look, where is Peter's case going? Is there anybody picking it up? And um, so, first of all, um, I, I met um, Alex, and then we met with Peter um, to get Alex and the team to, to meet with Peter, a sense of trust, because um, he had been he had been let down by media, and he did have other media that that um, respected him. Um, and so it, it took time. Just and and we were able to go backwards and forwards. And you did, Peter was a person you didn't push around. Um, you could push back and discuss. And 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 um, so finally the the breakthrough came that he he would meet with Alex. Um, and um, why why I did that was um, because of of <laughs> my conviction of um, Peter's innocence. Yeah, Peter was um, as the podcast is going to show. Peter was had his character and flamboyance and everything else, but I came to a firm conviction um, in my time speaking with him in prison and backwards and forwards. He always, always was concerned for the children and um, what they went through, and um, there was other things too. Um, um so. 
and the timeline is a bit unfortunate because Peter died before his name was cleared. How significant was that moment for you when his conviction was quashed um, just over a year ago? Well, we it was it was a bittersweet experience. We really we were with Lindley Hood, Pam and I, and um, when the decision came through, and and um, we were so wrapped that that Rob and the team had had um, put forward a, a strong case and 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 done so well, and and we were really overjoyed. Um, sorry. Yeah. Just can't just be. Um, we had made a commitment um, to Peter that we would try and do everything we could to see his name cleared. And so, along with everybody, and um, we were overjoyed that, that that was the case. But of course, very sad that he wasn't there to experience. Can you share a lasting memory of Peter um, for people who didn't get to meet him and um, who who may have thought the worst of him for much of his life? Can you just maybe finish our conversation today with a with a memory of him? Well, um, a, a great memory I have um, of Peter is being out at Leafield and um, walking along the beach. Um, his his love of animals and um, just chatting, walking along the beach, and um, that was that was a real happy place for Peter, and um, that's a, certainly a great memory I have have of Peter. Thank you very much for the um, energy and compassion you've put into his case and his story, Stephen. We really appreciate your time today. Oh, that's that's been a pleasure. Stephen, Stephen Ferguson, who was the prison chaplain for Peter Ellis, who was wrongfully convicted of um, child abuse, child sexual abuse in 1993. Uh, that conviction was overturned just last year. Now, the whole story is on the podcast Conviction, which is out today. A huge, uh, lengthy, or lengthily produced podcast. There are three episodes that you can listen to right now, and the others are to come. Uh, and you can find that via the RNZ website.